Welcome to the Frame Your Way Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Jefferson. I'm a wife, mama to two, and full-time photographer and business coach. I created this podcast with the aspiring photographer in mind to bring you inspiring stories, strategies to help you go from zero to multiple figures, and tips and tricks to help you get one step closer to work-life harmony. Are you ready to frame your way to your dream career? Let's dive in. All right, guys, today my podcast guest is Tavia Redburn, and I'm so excited for you guys to get to know her. I met her online, which is funny because she's actually in my very own state of Oklahoma, which is so cool. And I love how social media allows you to connect with other people. And I can't wait for you get for you guys to get to know her. So Tavia, please introduce yourself to my listeners. Hi, I knew that you were in Oklahoma and I just forgot again. That's what's so magnificent about the World Wide Web, I guess. (laughs) Yes. My name is Tavia Redburn. I am a birth and newborn photographer in Oklahoma City. And I also train birth photographers on how to run successful businesses. I love that which is why I found you in the first place is because I have dabbled my feet, my toes, whatever into birth photography. And I have a couple of sessions under my belt. However, I ended up signing up for your five day free course, which is something that you can talk about too when we head into this interview a little bit, but That's when I started to get to know who you were, what you did, what you taught. And then I had all intentions of starting my birth photography section of my business back up, but it just didn't work out realistically for where we're at with our kids stage of life. I think once they're back in school, it's going to be much easier to maintain. So for now that's on hold, but um, yeah, so we kind of gave it away. You are a birth and newborn photographer, but tell us how photography even became a career for you. Man, how far back do we want to go? So in 2009, which makes me feel ancient, uh, in 2009, so 10 years ago, um, I was just your typical mom with a camera. Like I just wanted to learn how to take better photos of my son who was about eight months old at the time and um, bought my first DSLR, which was a Canon Rebel, and took a little class uh, here in Norman, not here, I don't live in Norman, but in Norman, Oklahoma, Um, just how to learn my camera, how to um, use my camera well, how to shoot in manual, and once I started figuring out all the things that I could do with my camera, I was hooked. I um, joined all kinds of forums. There were no Facebook groups back then. <laughs> so I joined all kinds of forums to learn about how to use my camera, all about lighting. I was 100% self-taught. Like I never um, took a formal photography class or anything like that and um, started my business then. Of course, that it evolved into, wow, you take great photos. I want you to take great photos of my kids and me and all that. And I was doing what a lot of my students start out doing, which is charging what they feel like is quote reasonable. And so I was charging, you know, $50 or a hundred dollars here and there um, to get my name out there and see if I could make, you know, some side income with photography. This is probably 2011 ish. Um, I decided to go ahead and make it a business 
And so in 2011, late 2011, um, I was pregnant with my second child and I um, hired a birth photographer who didn't show up. I, um, yeah, hired her. She didn't show up. I was in labor for a really long time. Birth photography wasn't really a thing back then. Um, there, there were a few people that did it, but nobody specialized in it. And not a lot of people knew about it back then. Um, so after that experience, basically what ended up happening was I was induced on a Monday morning and she thought that, um, I would have my baby on Monday. Well, I didn't have him until Tuesday night. And she, when we told her to come, she said she didn't have childcare <laughs> and so that she couldn't come because she wasn't prepared for my labor to be so long basically. And so I, um, decided from then on out, I had just started my photography business like a little bit before then. And I decided I wanted to specialize in birth photography, um, or at least do birth photography. I don't know if at that time I wanted to specialize in particular, but I knew I wanted to do birth photography, um, because I felt like there weren't reliable people doing it. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't want what happened to me to happen to another mom. And so I decided that I shot my first birth in January, 2012 which was just for my cousin. Um, and then from there I charged tiny bits of money to grow my portfolio and I was shooting other things at the same time. And then I decided probably 2014 ish that I wanted to specialize. I wanted to niche down and really be known for something. So I decided that was going to be babies and birth. And I wanted to do birth all the time. I wanted to do birth hundred percent, but I was worried that I wouldn't make enough money specializing in birth. I didn't want to be known as, I didn't want to restrict myself basically. So I don't remember the exact dates or exactly what happened, but I just knew what I liked shooting and what I didn't like shooting. I knew the sessions I was looking forward to and the sessions I wasn't looking forward to. Um, and I had also realized at that point that if I wanted to really make a go of this and really make real income with photography, that I had to learn business and I had to learn marketing because you know, any photographer listening to this and really any business owner knows that you feel like your market is saturated no matter what. Um, it feels like everybody does what you do. And so you're constantly thinking, how do I stand out? And a lot of people, I think, make the mistake of lowering their price. They think, well, I'll stand out or I'll get hired more easily if my price is lower. Um, and that's just a race to the bottom. Like that's, that's not the way to get more clients. So I was, I was realizing that if I was going to charge what I needed to make, um, I had to specialize and I had to learn business and I had to learn marketing. So 2015, I really started learning marketing and the things that I could do to stand out and the ways that I could serve my clients really well to create this fantastic experience for them. And, um, gosh, 2000, 15, 16, my business really picked up. And 2016, um, I increased my prices by 40%, which was terrifying at the time. Um, I went from charging $850 for a birth to $1,250 for a birth. And I know a lot of my students tell me, you know, how terrifying that is. And I, I, very vividly remember those feelings because I thought nobody's going to hire me if I'm over a thousand dollars. Like it's over for me. I'm not getting hired, but I'll just see what happens. Um, in my very first booking, um, after I raised my prices, 
booked my highest package and added on a travel fee and it was $1,800. So I had gone from charging $850 and my very next booking was $1,850. So then I started learning the importance of pricing psychology and what that looks like. So that was a also pivotal point for my business to understand that there are people who will hire you because you're the quote best. You're the most expensive. They view you as the best. And there are people who will hire you for that. Um, so my business was doing great. 2017, 2018, um, I was booked. I was, you know, my calendar was booked with birth and newborns and then the family sessions that happened as a result of working with all those families. Um, our entire marriage, my husband had been in a job that he did not like. He always just, you know, worked really hard to provide for us, but never was able to fulfill his passions. And so in 2018, in June, we were able to, my business was able to make enough income that he quit his nine to five. So we have three kids um, and we homeschooled those kids. So he was able to quit his nine to five um, last year. Uh, in 2018 and also in 2018 is whenever I launched the beauty and birth which trains birth photographer really photographers how to get a fully booked calendar by specializing in something and we talk about specializing in birth and so I've had over a hundred students go through the course um, in about a year a little over a year and so now I'm just continuing to I mean, honestly live the dream. <laughs> like my husband is able to pursue his passions of acting and filmmaking. He stays home with the kids and um, we still homeschool and I'm running both businesses full time. So we're both, our whole family is just happier than we've ever been. Wow. I love your story so much. I was already wowed at the beginning of it. And then as you just kept telling it and going on and bringing us all the way, you know, currently to where you guys are. I just, it's just incredible to hear. And I want to back up to the beginning and I want to touch on something. You had mentioned that you knew that you wanted to specialize or at least photograph births due to kind of your own experience. I, I mean, kind of go into that a little bit for me because I hear a lot of people learn things from their own experiences or it inspires them. I've heard a lot of companies, you know, they see a problem or they had a bad experience. So they create something to get a better experience or to help people prevent them from having to go through what they went through. So tell me a little bit more about, was it your birth that, or your experience around your birth that really kind of opened your eyes and you were like, wow, I, I hope no one is ever told that their photographer can't come or I'll just let you elaborate. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Like in the moment, I, um, in the moment didn't care so much because <laughs> I was like pushing, but you know, <laughs> looking back, I realized how devastating that was to rely on somebody who didn't show up for you. And, um, that's not, that's what we say all the time is, you know, you don't get a redo with your birth. Um, you don't get a do over, um, it's similar to weddings in that way. Once it's done, it's done. And so, yeah, having that experience of, of hiring somebody who 
was not prepared to handle the on-call lifestyle of birth is definitely something that catapulted me into, I had never shot a birth at that time. So I didn't know anything about it other than I was a photographer and I wanted to try it out because I felt like, um, if I could do it, I knew I could provide a really, really good product that people could rely on me for. And that's been sort of the basis of my business ever since is I want to be somebody that people can rely on and I want to be um, re reliable. Like I want to be somebody who shows up when they say they're going to show up. Yeah, these are huge moments in life. And like you said, once it's done, it's done. So for someone to kind of spoil that experience for you, I can only imagine kind of like what those feelings are. And I know, especially if you have, it's, sometimes it's not even about the money they've invested into you. It's the hope and, and knowing and being able to prep for their delivery day, knowing that, hey, I can just sit back you know, not relaxed because there's no relaxing mm -hmm. about birth, but being right. <laughs> totally be in the moment, knowing that someone else is documenting their day. They don't have to have a worry in the world about that. And then to be, mm -hmm. to be met with complete disappointment, like that's, uh, I don't know, that's just really powerful that that's kind of the experience you were able to build your business on, not just for births, but for everything else. That's just absolutely incredible. I also want us to touch on specializing or niching down, however you want to say it, because this is something mm -hmm. that I preach on. I just, mm -hmm. I think that when we start out with photography, I understand we go through an experimental stage and in the beginning I shot anything and everything, but I also learned through that what I enjoyed photographing, what I did not enjoy photographing and all the things in between. And what I'm realizing is when you are able to specialize in something, you become the go-to person for what you are, mm -hmm. for what you're trying to photograph. So I just, I really want to hear your take on specializing in something and how important that is to photographers. Yeah, I absolutely agree with everything that you just said. I think one of the biggest mistakes that photographers make is being a generalist. When you're a jack of all trades, you're a master of none. And when you're a generalist, you're easily compared to other photographers because there's nothing particularly special or unique about you. And so they look at you and say, well, she does families and newborns and seniors and weddings and pets and landscapes and, you know, whatever. So why why would I pay top dollar for somebody who kind of does everything? Um, I know for me, if I just think about myself, if I am going to hire somebody for a really big day, like a birth or a wedding, um, I want the best. I want somebody who's been doing it a long time, who really knows what they're doing because I know that I don't get a second chance at that. And so when I'm shopping around for those big things like that, like a newborn, a birth, a wedding, um, a senior, that kind of a thing, like I want to pay more money for, somebody who does it well. And I think that um, by specializing like that, it's one of the top ways that you can stand out in your market. I completely agree. And I know what's spinning in some people's heads because it is the objection that I also had before I really understood what specializing and niching down was and that is you feel like you are restricting yourself to one thing you feel like you are actually turning away clients but what what do you believe 
happens? Um, you are turning away clients and that's a good thing because whenever you're turning away clients, it means that you're able to speak directly to the actual person that's going to hire you. So it's something that we talk a lot about in, in my course, but we talk about having an ideal client profile. And so when you have an ideal client profile for a specific genre of photography, everything that you do in your marketing speaks to that one person. And so I use the example of as a birth photographer, I often shoot this image of a baby attached to a placenta. And obviously the placenta is in the photo and it's just, you can see before they cut the cord, usually in home births, it's just kind of a top down and you can see the placenta. Um, every time I post something like that or share it in an email or whatever, I get unlikes, unsubscribes, unfollows, like, I am repelling people. And when my students talk to me about repelling people, I'm like, yay, go girl. Yes, that's what we want. Because when you're repelling people, you're simultaneously being a magnet for your ideal client. So somebody looks at that placenta picture and they think, oh my gosh, why would anyone want that photo? Why am I even looking at this? That's so gross. That's one kind of person. Then there's another kind of person who's like, oh my gosh, that's so cool how she did it. That's so creative. I love that. Oh, I love that in my birth. And they become more drawn to me versus if I have this vanilla photo of a family and I say such and such family was so beautiful this Saturday. Um, I'm not going to offend anyone, but I'm also not going to attract anyone. And that's the downside of being a generalist is you're really speaking to nobody. You're kind of speaking to everybody, which isn't going to get anyone's attention. So, um, we talk a lot about intentionally repelling people for that reason, because you're going to simultaneously attract the right people. I love the idea of the repelling and the attracting, and you'll notice that every single business does this. And especially today, I'm starting to realize a lot of companies I don't know if it's brave, if they're getting braver, but they're getting more controversial. They're talking about things, knowing that they're going to have, you know, this line down the middle, people who agree, people who disagree, but that's what they want because when mm -hmm. you are able to, you know, agree on something that is controversial, you're just attracting those people to you. You're also getting rid of the mm -hmm. fans who are never going to become clients of yours anyway. So they were kind of just sitting ducks and just the whole idea, it almost seems backwards when people start learning about niching and specializing. I know it's probably one of the hardest things to let go, but it's so, it's just so beneficial. So I hope that if anybody took anything away from our, you know, our talk that, that that's it. Like you need to specialize in one or two things that needs to be what people associate. So if you were to become pregnant they're going to think of, oh my gosh, I have to hire Tavia for our birth photos and our newborn photos. And that's what you want. That's exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what ends up happening. Sorry to interrupt you. No, that's what, that's what ends up happening is, um, people will be on my email list or they'll be following on social media well before they're pregnant, but they'll tell me, I know when I get pregnant, I want to hire you or I've been following you for this many years. And I know that when I um, have our next baby. Like I'm saving to hire you right now. I've had people tell me they're, they're saving up for me before they're even pregnant. Um, and that, those are the kind of clients that you get when you specialize. And so I totally understand this feeling of feeling like you're excluding people and like, you're not going to get hired, but the opposite is actually true for the same reason that I told you when my prices were $850 and I increased them by 40%. 
and I was, I got hired more that year. I don't think I mentioned that, but I booked more births at that price point than I had previously. And it seems counterintuitive, but whenever you're speaking directly to that person, you're able to attract them. So I know that it's scary and, and trust me, I know a lot of people struggle with this, but it was a game changer for my business. It really, really was whenever I started specializing and being known for something. Yeah. And I think another game changer you touched on too was this whole pricing psychology thing. And I definitely want to pick your brain just a little bit. You don't have to give it all away, but I would love to hear, you know, just give us some tips on pricing psychology. What are a couple things that have truly transformed the way that you view pricing your services and then everybody else can get the rest of it inside of your course. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't mind talking about it at all. Um, So the main thing is not finding yourself in no man's land, which is you're not the cheapest and you're not the most expensive. You're kind of in between. Um, I personally like being one of the most expensive (laughs) because it just elevates your brand in the mind, in the eyes of other people. It elevates, um, your, what you do. It really does. And so a lot of it has to do with, um, who your ideal client is. Um, there's nothing wrong with being the cheaper photographer, but I wouldn't hang out there for very long because like I kind of touched on earlier, it's just a race to the bottom. You know, I get people in our Facebook group all the time who are like, I'm only charging a hundred dollars, but they found somebody that's cheaper. Like there's no way I can raise my prices because they're not even willing to pay a hundred dollars. That's totally not your client because there are people who will pay $3,000 and more for birth photography in Oklahoma. Like people like to use their location as a reason that they can't get hired to. And um, so, so pricing psychology really comes down to one, obviously you have to be confident in the product that you're providing in order to charge a lot of money for what you do. Um, But there is something to be said for being the most expensive. There's something that happens in our mind. It's like when you're at target and you look and you see two sets of sheets And they're both the same thread count and they look the same, but one is $20 and one's $200. Like which one do you think is better? The $200 one. $200. Yeah. I think it's better. And then I think it comes down to the next question, which are you willing to pay? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So it look, you look at it and you think, okay, it's $200. Well, whether or not you buy the more expensive one, you're thinking the $200 one must be better whether or not you buy it or not, that's what happens in our minds with pricing psychology is we think, um, we think the more expensive one is better. And the last thing that I want to say about pricing psychology, um, when it comes to packages is you always want to drive, if you have packages and that's how you have your pricing structure set up, which it is how I have mine set up. Um, I want to drive them to the middle package, not to get too technical, but there is something psychologically people just kind of want the middle. Like you go to Starbucks and it's like, uh, you have Venti, you have Grande, you have tall. People are like, I'll do Grande. Most people choose Grande. Most people choose the medium because they don't want to go too big. They don't want to go too small and be cheap. They go for the middle. So when you're, when you're structuring your packages, think about your middle being what you want to sell the most, because that's what people are going to gravitate towards. That is so true. I order mediums everywhere except Sonic Happy Hour, <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> but I will say, okay, so that sparks a question in me. What if someone only has two 
packages. Obviously, I realize we're trying to get to three. That's the whole point. You want to push people to choose your middle package. But psychology-wise, what have you seen happen if you only have two options? Does that automatically mean they're going to pick the lower option? Um, if you only have two packages, I would make a third package with the sole purpose to be to drive people to the middle, which was your former lowest package. Yeah, that makes complete Because, yeah, because you, I mean, that's kind of what I have is my birth packages start at X, but you can't really get anything for that price. Like you get a slideshow of images and no digital files, but the next package up is just a little bit more money and you get so much more. So people like are, they look at it and they go, oh, well, yeah, I want the middle one. Just make it a no brainer. So you have that starter package there. Literally, the only reason it's there is to drive people to the middle package. That is so smart. And I definitely learned something as well. When I did weddings, I always did uh, three packages. And I kid you not, number two was the most selling package. So it goes right in with what you're saying. The other thing that I want to ask you is, how do we know if our current pricing structure is in that no man's land? What are those signs? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would do a little bit of market research and find out, and I'm not big on looking at what your competition is doing. Um, in fact, I tell my students not to, but if it's for market research in this instance, I would just click around and see um, what your competitors are charging just to get an idea of a high range and a low range and a mid range. Um, so that you know, if you are in no man's land and I don't think that no man's land is a death sentence. Like I think that you can still get hired there, but I think that you'll get hired more easily and more frequently if you're one of the top or one of the bottom. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree with that as well. And I have done my own market research in my own business. I will be honest with you. I've only been giving two package options. Now, while the bigger one has definitely sold more than the smaller one, that's just because I'm super generous and it's just an awesome package. I actually think <laughs> I'm going to go create a middle package, if not make that the middle package with an option to move higher only because I do find families that will do like add-ons or they'll do like, the, mm -hmm. they'll have like their extended family, that kind of thing. Um, and so it may make it more appealing that way. So that is so neat that I also got to take notes and learn some things. Um, through I love it. Yeah, me too. Well, I want you to go ahead and um, feel free to elaborate if you want to on your course, but also where can we connect with you online and learn more about what you have to offer? Oh yeah, absolutely. Thanks. So I am on Instagram at underscore the beauty and birth underscore the beauty and birth was taken. I'm, I'm on the hunt for it. <laughs> um, on Facebook as the beauty and birth by Tavia Redburn. We also have a Facebook group. Um, called marketing for birth photographers. There's like 3,500 um, birth photographers in there right now talking all about marketing. And then if you want more info on the course, um, I actually have a free training that's all about how I get fully booked 
by specializing in birth photography. And we talk a lot about some of the things we talked about today as far as attract and repel. I go into a little bit more in that training and some other steps that I took, including my seven step marketing system that I still use to this day to keep my calendar booked and that my students are also using. And that is a free training and it's at getbirthphotographyclients.com. And I highly recommend if you have not, if you don't know who Tavia is, you haven't taken that training, I highly suggest you do. It was very beneficial. Um, definitely, especially if you're going to be doing any like birth and newborn photography, because I know there's a lot of you that want to kind of niche down into that. She is your go-to. I highly recommend it. And Tavia, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and for giving us such good tips and an insight into your business. Oh, absolutely. It was really fun. That time went by super fast. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome.